Hello, I'm Ian. And I'm Rao. And welcome to our new podcast, Hope in a Mad World. This week, we're going to be getting to know Ian a bit, and later on during this podcast, finding out a bit about what he's into this week. But before we get there, Ian, you used to lead a successful and growing church, and now you're sitting in front of a podcast mic. What happened? I think uh, doing church the way we did it, I was just not happy. Oh, no, no, I'm not happy. I, I just didn't feel that we were being relevant to the community around us and the world around us, and we didn't seem to be really reaching into that. And also, I wasn't really sure that I was being authentic to who I am as well. So, so I started looking at other things. But it's a big thing to stop leading a church, isn't it? And, and, and to go and do other things. How, how do you really come to that? Well, the reality is, is I didn't stop leading the church, you know, but we, we kind of, we went on a slightly different journey about how we did church, yeah. uh, which I'm sure we'll discuss yeah, sure. in, in, in podcasts later on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in some ways, I'm still doing some of the stuff I did. But I think for me, just walking that out in a different way yeah. was uh, find, finding that. Sure. that kind of way how how did you come to be leading let's start there how did you come to be leading a church what's what's the backstory okay so <laughs> um i'm originally from wales southeast wales so it's really important Ralph, that you never call me english i won't be doing that because that's really offensive um, <laughs> um but uh yeah so i came to luton actually to study photography um so i did that uh, i i actually met my wife or my future wife, as it was, because she also wounded my wife when I met her. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, and as I say, the, the, the rest is history in terms of Luton, why I stayed in Luton. Uh, but as part of that, I'd always felt that, I, that, that I'd been called by God to do something like plant the church so i start that's how i started the church so we, we started it. yeah 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 we i yeah i was 21 years old when wow. we first started which was you know a little bit mad when you think about it but yeah. um yeah so i think we started with about seven or eight in somebody's front room um and then it kind of grew um and and, uh, and that's how we, that's how we and started. so you're part of a big church organization but you're one of the kind of growing churches and the shining lights the bright young things yeah Sort of. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, originally we just started, and then you know, I I knew I needed help. Right. So we started looking about who could help, what yeah. could help. We looked at different kind of organisations, and we got involved with one particular organisation, yeah. which I'm always thankful for, even although you know we left later on for for various reasons. Yeah. But in a pretty good relationship, I still think I I think still, and I'm still good friends with a lot of those guys. But and how long were you leading that church? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, in some ways, I'm still leading that church. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm still part of the leadership of that church. So, um, so it will be f the church will have been we planted the church in 1987. So, uh, sorry, 1984. So it'll yeah. be 40 years on wow. in in wow, wow. 2024. Wow, so, point, yeah. yeah, so it's quite interesting. So, yeah. at the point that when you step down from a kind of a full time official senior pastor, senior yeah. elder role, whatever they, they call those things. From, from how long were you in that role as, in that um, way in that way at, at least 20 25 years i should imagine. so it's a serious yeah it was, part of who oh yeah yeah, were, yeah absolutely and and I, I but even in terms of that i i always felt a little bit like a square peg in a round hole mm. uh, you know a, a little bit because 
some of the things that I'm really good at, like innovation and that kind of stuff, you know, you, you can't do that all the time. It's, it's, it's not right. You know, and uh, I think it comes to a head for me, uh, realizing that when um, some of our leaders had been away to a conference or training on some kind of, you know, particular I think it was um, actually something called Alpha and um, <laughs> just a little thing. And they came back and they really exciting. They got all the videos and everything. they gave them to me to have a look at and say, what do you think? And I went, oh, they're just fantastic. And they're all, they're all really excited. They just want to get on with it. you know. And I, and I went, yeah, but I think week six and seven, we could change. And one of, the, one of my leaders at the point just went, you know, why have we always got to reinvent the wheel? Why can't we just ever take something out of the box and use it as it is mm-hmm. and they were you know and initially i was quite defensive and go oh, i don't think that's true and then as i reflected on it later on, i realized no that really is true <laughs> <laughs> and i suddenly realized that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily good for that for me as a person this is what i mean about being authentic to who i am yeah. for me as a person i love change I love trying new things. I like reinventing things. I'm the kind of person that likes to do the prototype, you know, so I'm not worried where the battery goes. I just strap it on with a bit of um, duct tape on top, on, yeah. on top of somebody else can sort out how to put yeah. the battery in the car. Um, you know, that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not worried about those kinds of details. Yeah. But I like to really try and do something different. So that's kind of where we where we got to. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so that was kind of where we we where that was i think and i started looking at going okay well uh, i i had a number of friends who were in that kind of same way so we kind of formed a little team and we would do conferences and all kinds of stuff and i traveled a lot and i was doing that before even when i was leading the church um you know it kind of I'm still part of the leadership of the church, but I'm not leading the church. And actually, that was one of the changes for me as well. I was never comfortable with the whole pastor, one leader. Even, you know, we talk about consensus leadership, but actually it's not really. It's a a leader amongst equals. Yeah. Well, that doesn't really work for me, you know. So so a new understanding of that as well was developing in me at the time. Um, So we started doing all of that. And then I started thinking about how... So the other part of what we started with, you know, that's been more authentic to who I was as yeah. a person. But then looking at how do we build communities that are relevant to the people that we are trying to tell about this yeah. this message about Jesus. You know what I mean? It's it's like how, how do we how do we reach those? How can we be relevant to those? The the journey was one of continuity. You, yeah. You're you're on the same sort of path. Mm-hmm. But presumably for those around you, your your fellow church leaders and those people you're leading and so on, it must have been a lot more disruptive and disconcerting. I mean, traumatic. I mean, what, what happened? Well, <laughs> yeah, I I think they thought, you know, what is he on? Yeah. Um, I still think they think that sometimes. <laughs> and part of the re- I think, you know, I often see things ahead. Yeah. And I expect everybody else to be able to see them. You know, so so, um, and it doesn't work like that. Yeah. And I, I used to get really frustrated by that, but I, I've come to really appreciate there are different types of people. Yeah. Um, and um, and one of those types of people are people that will be your biggest backers if you can persuade them, mm. but you have to persuade them. Right. So that was a really good thing for me to learn how to do, and 
you know, so over over a period of time, we kind of persuaded them. In some in some ways, I persuaded them too well because they went further than I wanted them to. Do. But <laughs> the, that, that you know, the, which made me some work, if I'm honest. But um, but yeah, so that's kind of that's that's really where 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 that was. It was really yeah. yeah sure. Um, so you're leading the church and you move on. What what was the next stage? What what did what what did the journey take to? Yeah. What, what did you go do okay. then? Well. I mean, in some ways, I'm still doing what now, and, and even then, I was still doing some of the things I'm doing. So I travel a lot, do conferences, that kind of stuff. But in terms of, you know, if you think about, I was being authentic to myself, but I, I still wasn't sure we were being really relevant to the people around us, right? As I said, so so for me, I'm looking and going, okay, well, how do I how do I build that? How do I look at that? Or what, what does that look like for us? Yeah. Um, and how do we talk to the people around us in a way they can understand? Because, you know, most, to be honest, churches talk and they use terms and Christian leaders in particular use terms. that Nobody has any idea what they mean. Yeah. Not even Christians most of the time. Yeah. I'm not even sure they do. Um, or I did, you know, so, so I started looking at something. I was flying home from Switzerland. I'd been on a trip somewhere and I was flying home and I'm reading the EasyJet magazine. And there was an article in this magazine by this guy, and he called himself a, a social entrepreneur. Right. And I thought, whoa, that sounds interesting. What does that mean? And as I read the as I read the article, I realized actually there wasn't really a good definition for it, you know. But you could almost because of that, you could almost make it what you wanted it to be as well. Yep. So but um so I decided I would start testing that that out yeah. in different places in Luton and you know because we, we'd we'd started working with the arts and different stuff yeah. um and I came up with this because people would I'd say you know they asked me Ian where are you and rather than saying a church leader or an apostle or a prophet or yeah. you know these kinds of things I would say oh, I'm a social entrepreneur yeah. yeah and they would say oh that's really good and then they look at me and they go yeah but what does that mean yeah. <laughs> um so I came up with a just a short definition was that a social entrepreneur is someone who ha who has creative and innovative ways to help uh, social issues and problems. Right. Solve them. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so that became a and it's very stock. It's very easy. It's easy to understand, and it's true. Yeah. And I think that's really what the church should be anyway. Right. It should be finding creative, innovative ways to help society to solve some of its problems. Right. So, and then then it becomes relevant again. Got it. Okay, right. and for you, that took you straight into the arts and so on. Yeah. But you, you ended up sort of setting up um, a creative agency, uh, right? And, yeah, and, and and a whole sort of business yeah. environment. So, so you're moving from you know from the cloth to filthy lucre. You know, <laughs> it, t t t if only that were true. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a lot of filthy lucre. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. I mean, what I think what's interesting there's a little journey in terms of that. Well, I had a guy Ben De Ben Hodson who you know uh, we were good friends. I know his his family for a long time, and yeah. he came moved to Luton, and um, and we we were trying to use the arts as a relevant way of reaching into society, right? Yeah. And and using the arts because the arts is really a great way of um, helping to reinvigorate and regenerate stuff. Yeah. A proven way, really, if you look around the world. Um, so we were looking at that, and we decided that we would send start up like a uh, an artist cooperative. So that's what we did, and and then we started doing things like um, 
pop-up galleries. So we would take over somebody's house and do a gallery in it and right. that kind of thing. And then we moved on and thought, well, why can't we do that in empty shops? Yeah. And that was a real hard sell for a lot of people. But there was one particular area in Luton that that was looking for this kind of regeneration to reinvigorate a particular high, a particular street group kind of community, um, which has a lot of artists in it, actually. So uh, we, we, we managed to persuade. The good thing is one of the councillors, uh, council officers for regeneration in that area was an Italian lady who was really into the arts, really creative, really, really innovative. So we persuaded her and then she persuaded a couple of landlords to let us do some public galleries. We did that. And as a result of doing that, those shops who'd been empty for like 10 years, um, suddenly people were interested in them. So then other owners of the shops wanted us to do stuff. So we did, I don't know, I, I can't remember how many we did. We did four or five yeah. there. Um, and then we, uh, as a result of that, people started asking us to do work and to do things for them. So we thought, well, why don't we start a company? And then Ben's brother moved to Luton. Yep. Who's also in the arts. You know, so, so it became, and then, so then we, we thought, well, we'll start this, this company. That's, that's what we did. And then it became, and then we took over the whole floor of one of the arts, the local art centers yeah. and made it into a co-working space. Yeah. And, and we built a really big arts community in that. We did lots of really encouraging, exciting stuff in the midst of all yeah, that. So sure. yeah, it was really good. Yeah. One of the, one of the, one of the main things for me, particularly, I think was I was asking this question, can you build a spiritual community around a business? Right. That was, for me, that was the driver, not yeah. so much the business as they'll tell you, <laughs> but, um, and, um, but, you know, we, we spend most of our time in work or in bed, right? Yeah. yeah. But then we, we try to have communities in other places. In Obviously, between, you, can't yeah. have, you can't have it in bed, right? That, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's not a very good way of doing it. But actually, in terms of work, we spend a lot of time at work, and that's yes. where a lot of our energy, purpose, yeah, yeah. sense of significance is. Yeah. So what if, what if we could build a community around that where you know, wives and children could be involved in that as well? Do you know, I, yeah, that, so and that, was, that was part of what we were experimenting with. What, what would you say is different between a inverted commas, Christian business, which uh, some people would think of, and trying to find community within the business sphere. Can you can you try and yeah? Okay, so firstly, I'm not sure I really believe in Christian business, right? <laughs> so Ooh, send you send your letters to. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for that is, I think as soon as we start talking about Christian business, well, what does that mean? You do you know what I mean? I it, it's. And and also that I think I think Christians then think oh it's a Christian business therefore we should support it yeah. well no we only support yeah, yeah. if it's good actually yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know so I, I I'm not really sure about that whole Christian business thing anyway yeah. I think wherever we are whatever we're doing wherever God calls us to be wherever He puts us we should be living and following him and looking for his direction sure. in that. So for us, that was a really important part of yeah. who who we were. Um, and, you know, one of my little mantras doing the thing, we people would say to to me or to us, you know, um, oh, but, yeah, but that's just industry norm or, uh, you know, and I would say, 
no, we need to redefine the industry norm, right? Or they'd say, well, that's just how business is. And that's, you have to be like that to do and be successful in business. And I just think that's just a wrong way of looking at it. I think that we should be influencing and changing and um, innovating new ways of doing business that are more ethical, that look after people that are kind and generous and, you know, collaborative rather than competitive. You know, so we, in business, you often talk, you see a lot of that whole aspect. I think some of our most successful stuff was when we were collaborative with people. Sure, sure. Um, uh, and then, oh, oh, what kinds of communities have you been involved in since then? I mean, not, not only with yourself, but also helping others with, because obviously you're learning understanding in that space has opened other doors and avenues, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it has. And, um, <laughs> you know, so at the moment, you know, I'm involved in some stuff that's happening in Turkey. I've been involved in that for like 30 years, the whole Turkey thing. Um, and uh, and particularly an arts community, which is re- uh, which is really exciting. And and again, seeing that same kind of thing, you know, this is normally how the art world works. It's normally kind of pretentious and people are at each other often. And, you know, they're very critical. It's not a very encouraging space to be in often. It's often lonely. You know, artists are lonely often. Um, whereas actually one of the things, a great thing, which, you know, I've been involved in in the sense of, just talking with people and helping them and giving yeah. advice rather than being actually involved on the ground in there. But, you know, I, I was out recently and they'd done a, they'd just done an exhibition. They had, I think, 28 art, artists. Mm. They, and all the artists are going, this is the best thing ever. I I wish, I, I didn't want it to finish. You always know it's good when it's that. Yeah. And these are the artists talking, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, you know, I found so much encouragement and those kinds of things. So th- those that's been, I think, one of the real yeah, sure. aspects to that. Um involved in something in Switzerland, which is kind of similar, you know, and in America as well. So, 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 so lots of different aspects to that. Yes. But one of the things that it's, it's really interesting, Ral, you know, it, it's, it's like, I think I came across an album years and years ago by a guy called Godfrey Bertels, right? And it's a really mad album. You know, and I've um, heard it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I remember your wife saying, "What are you said to us?" <laughs> um, but there's one, there's one track that captures the feel of my journey. Yeah. It says, um, "We've gone so far out, we can't go back." Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> How does he come up with these words? Huh? <laughs> um, and, uh, and and you know, repeats that a number of times, and he and then it goes, "We've gone." So back, so far out, we can't come back. It's a one-way ticket up an ancient track. Right, right. right? And it's really interesting because I don't feel like if I'm discovering and exploring new things, you know, this has yeah. never been done. There's yeah. nothing new under the sun, really, yeah. right? But I feel like if I'm exploring and discovering an ancient path and an ancient way of doing things and an ancient rhythm, if you like, of, right. of life, and we'll, we'll talk about I'm sure, in, in other podcasts, and now we'll keep coming back. But, um, but the... I think that that kind of captured me. And then, I, I mean, he's got some other lines that are clever plays on, on words and stuff um, that, that kind of capture, I think, where we are as well and what needs to change. So it's things like, I can't go back to manipulation. I can't go back to imita- intimidation. I can't go back to 
dehydration. Do you know what I mean? There's, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. You know, I can't go back to hierarchy. Yeah. I can't go back to those in crowd parties, which I, you know, it's really <laughs> interesting. Um, I can't go back to that malarkey now. You know, so <laughs> it tells it so, like it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, and then in one of the other songs in the album, it says. They say that's not in the Bible, then spread rumors around me. And I think for me, I, I you know, I, I often see we, we, we go about this not biblical or that's not biblical or you're in heresy or you're in danger of heresy. Well, you know, the Bible was written to people who were always close or in heresy yeah. to correct them. It didn't seem to me that the the apostles in, or the church planters, whatever, in, in the New Testament were really worried about that. They just wanted, they, they just realized you have to correct it when it happens, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. Because if you're always in the middle mm -hmm. and in the center, in the safe place, you never, you never pioneer anything new. Yeah, sure. And so presumably, so, if you're pioneering stuff, pioneering stuff new, by yeah. definition, you're getting it wrong and you're figuring it out. Exactly, exactly. And, 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 and you're having to recorrect on, on, on the way out, you know? So, so I just think that for me, it, it was, it's, uh, but but in terms of that, it's not biblical. It's you know. Yeah. But then the things that are really clear in the Bible about about being biblical, we don't do. Yes. So we talk about each other. Yeah. We gossip about each other. We yeah. criticize each other. You know, it, it, we go to war with one another. You know, you see online all the time. Yeah. There's another line in there in one in that in that particular song. I think where it says, you know. Um, you accuse me of different things that you because you found a clip on YouTube, you know, <laughs> and you know YouTube like everything it's a snapshot yeah, sure. of what we believe. Even even I think people will think that when they listen to this podcast over the over the coming months and years, you know, as they'll think, oh, they believe this or they do that because we've given them a snapshot of yeah. what we believe. Yeah, sure, right. So someone listening to this might think, well, here's Ian. He got into church because of community and this way of looking at the world and the way God's walking with him. And then he goes off carrying on in these communities. That's great. Where's God in all that? I mean, yeah. you've got artistic communities in Turkey, yeah. lovely jubbly, yeah. but where is God in it? Is that authentic? Is it meaningful? Yeah. Is, is it... How would you answer that? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think part of the problem is, is that the way in which we see God, and I think... You know, perhaps we'll come to this at another time, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's uh, you know, I think some of the ways in which we view God is just so bizarre, really. And, and you know, part of, I think part of the whole thing is we think we are bringing a message to the world. Sure. Right? Yeah. So we bring the gospel message. How many times do we hear that? We're bringing the gospel message to the thing. And, and we're not bringing a message. We're introducing people to a person. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a message about Jesus or about God. We're introducing them to Him. So by being involved in those kinds of communities, we are introducing Him. We are becoming His presence in the midst of that. Hopefully, the problem is, is often we're not. You know, I I, I often right. say, you know, we're bringing the good news, yeah. and then we tell tell people that they're dirty, rotten sinners, and they're going to hell. Right? That's really good news. No, it's not. You know, often um, we we're supposed to be good and, and get giving them a taste of God, and we're critical and we're judgmental and we're black and white and we know it as the rule people yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's not. Don't misunderstand me. I, you know, I'm really orthodox in my in my faith and what I believe, right? But I I believe that. But Jesus said, "By their fruits you shall know them." Got it. Yeah. Right. 
buy your fruit shalom. Well, you know, we think, well, that's how many people we've led to the Lord. That's the fruit. No, that's not the fruit. The fruit is whether I've been kind and gentle and patient and loving and long-suffering and, <laughs> you know, bringing peace and not destruction. And, you know, all of those kind of bringing hope to people. That's really about Jesus. So I believe by being involved in these communities, I'm bringing the kingdom of God, or let's put it another way, I'm trying to establish shalom, a message of shalom and a vision of shalom, right, which isn't just let's be peace and let's be nice and let's say peace to one another no no it's actually about well-being and about the whole person and helping them to be the best that they can be and to understand who God's made them to be you know so for me that's that so when I'm in those communities that's what I'm trying to be do I fail of course I do you know am I always kind no am I always patient Definitely not, particularly when I'm stuck in a car behind somebody. You know, so, so, and particularly in Norfolk, that's particularly for that's an in joke. But <laughs> but but there's that sense of of well being, bringing well being to to the yeah, earth. Sure. You know, so yeah. Just moving on towards wrapping this up, then. Um, what have you learned through through this whole process? Just just a couple of highlights of what you've learned. Because obviously in the podcast we'll, we'll get to unpack all kinds of stuff, but just some principle. Okay. learnings firstly I, I think the most important thing is that we that God created us to be authentic to who he created us to be right. and I think sometimes we're not um, it's about adjusting our behaviors rather than changing our minds right, right? so so it's about um, conforming rather than transforming and I think right away through this whole journey that it's been about that. It's about relationship. Relationship is really important. And it's relationship not just with each other or with our top friends, but actually being very relational to everybody that we meet. And yeah, particularly with sure. God. You know, it's, as I said, it's not a message. It's not a belief system. It's not something I'm, you know, I, I often say, you know, I don't really believe that God cares what we believe. Right. <laughs> um, and I can hear the email. <laughs> because, you yeah. know, if we look back to when we first came to know Jesus and we look now, yeah. are we believing the same things? Right. Exactly. They've changed. Right. And we matured. And, and so in that sense, OK, well, where does the belief start then? You know, yeah. how much how much have you got to get before you count it in, if right. you like, yeah. rather than saying, no, actually, it's about the relationship. God looks upon our heart and our relationship. Sure. So those would be the I think those are the, the, the key things for me, um, you know, uh, so being true to who you are being very relational and seeing the importance of developing a relationship with Jesus in the midst of relationships with other people. Because again, I think, you know what, I would say one of the top heresies of the 19th and 20th century is it's only, it's all about me and God. Yeah, sure. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. It's all about me and God. It's all, sorry. It's even worse than that. It's all about me and Jesus. Got it, yeah. Right, you know, I'm just playing to an audience of one. Right. Well, that's rubbish, you know, uh, to be honest. And again, I can hear the emails come in <laughs> because it's not. It's actually we have to represent who God is. And God is a community of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So it's at least to an audience of three. Yeah. Right. Not just to an audience of one and uh, an audience in his oneness. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I understand yeah. that. But but also, if we're not working our own relationship with each other in community, yeah. then we are not reflecting who God is and His glory, and we never will. 
So that's a. I mean, I know I can see just by the way you're looking at me. No, it's like oh, there are so many questions we can ask There's about a lot that. Here and, yeah. and we'll be unpacking this in, yeah. in, in coming weeks yeah. in, in this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, but those are the things that I would say, if you want to sum up what, what, when I am, that's, yeah. that's where I am. Is it fair to say that the journey you've continued into beyond what we've traditionally understood has shown itself, you found it to be authentic and meaningful and it's taken things in a, in, in a genuinely positive direction yeah. where you're discovering and learning rather than actually, no, this was just a bad idea. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, you know, I feel I've got more life now than I've ever had. Right. Um, uh, you know, does that mean I, I, you know, I still have my bad days. I, I, you know, occasionally I suffer with depression and stuff. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's very, it's very real. It's a real war, sure. but it's, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't go back. Let me put it this way. I wouldn't change it. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, great. So this is probably a good time just to find out what everyone's been holding their breath for, for the, sitting on their hands for the whole of this podcast so far. What have you been into this week? Okay, it's not quite this week, okay? I love that. Out of the box, you're going <laughs> to break right the, the mould <laughs> first time. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I just want to tell you about this experience. Tell me something yeah. you've been into sometime in the past. <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I've been involved with a project with a local Anglican church, you know, and um, and it, the, the project, because of the pandemic, only ended in a different way that we'd expected it to. But And that was a Romanian Orthodox church has taken it over. Okay. So I've been helping them to, you know, to do that and, yeah. and all the rest of it. As a result, um, I, apparently I'm well known in a certain diocese in Romania, okay? And they and they really like me. They've never met me, but they really like me. And I get on really well with, with Father Yuan, and, and we're really great. And whenever he goes over, they always send something back for me. Normally right. it's a nice bottle of Romanian wine, which is quite sweet. Yeah. Um, but this particular time, the bishop, uh, I think it's a bishop wow. over there. Anyway, somebody, somebody higher up in, in yeah. the church, he um, distills walnut, a walnut liqueur. Oh, gosh. Right? So he sent me a <laughs> bottle of this walnut, homemade walnut liqueur, <laughs> which, you know, I'm thinking, well, this is interesting. <laughs> and um, so one night when we were around the, the, the fire pit outside uh, at the back here, um, a, a few of us were left over after a party, and I, I, I break it out, you yeah, know, yeah. and we have it a little bit. And it was really wonderful. Yeah, yeah. In the midst of all of this, I had the taste of it in the house at another time, yeah. and it's a bit like that wine you buy on holiday. Yeah. You, you have to have the right atmosphere and the right temperature, and obviously Good. the smokiness of the fire because yeah, yeah. it's a very smoky drink, and um, it didn't quite taste the same. <laughs> so you have to have this stuff around a fire pit. Right. So if you ever come, to, you know, anybody listening ever comes to my house and we have a fire pit, I'll break out my bottle of walnut liqueur. Which is really, really nice. Wow, wow. Okay, well, we'll look forward to some of that. Yeah. Um, if, if you'd like to drink uh, walnut liqueur with Ian around a fire in his garden, get in touch with us. <laughs> um. Ridiculous you are, like it, eh? Ridiculous. What can I say? Okay. Jerry, what are you doing?